We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What up, my people? It is Kevin Jones, the host of Striking Gold. If you're a 49ers fan, you're on top of the world. This is the best feeling since 2012. And right now, it's Sunday night, and the 49ers have just won the division. Rapid reaction here on Striking Gold. 26-21 victory. Dre Greenlaw on the last play of the game stopped Jacob Hollister short on the one-yard line. They sent it to replay review in New York. Madison Avenue confirmed, and the 49ers... QB sneaked their way to uh, the final play, the final whistle, and they put on their division champs hats and shirts and celebrated a 13-3 record, the number one seed in the NFC. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw an incomplete pass in the second half. Kyle Shanahan was brilliant with Debo Samuel, who had 130 total yards, scored a nice touchdown early on. 49ers controlled this game on offense and you know really had that Three and out late in the game because of the Ben Garland penalty. We're going to discuss everything, but just a gut-wrenching game that if you're a true fan, you were standing up, pacing on the edge of your seat. You know, truly why we listen to podcasts and can, you know, consume all this content. It lived up to the height. The, the 49ers prevailed. 
I really thought they were going to lose, to be honest. Russell Wilson has done it so many times where the Seahawks get outplayed, but they hang around for just long enough, and they grab momentum in the second half, and he had them on basically the two-yard line. They had a dumbass delay a game penalty. Fred Warner probably should have got a P.I. penalty. Seattle has some sour grapes there. At the end of the day, they're still in the playoffs. They had chances to win the football game. They didn't. A goal line stand, bend but don't break. Unbelievable. We're going to break down every detail. The 49ers triumph in Seattle. The stop is what they're calling the play from Dre Greenlaw. Quan Alexander just retweeted me. Everyone is hyphy right now. Oh, man, this is unbelievable. I can't wait to break this down. Untuckit.com is our sponsor this week. Button-down shirts, Henley shirts, promo code BLUE. You're getting 20% off. Ordered a couple of those for Christmas. Um, rocking one right now, looking fresh. Untuckit.com, promo code BLUE. Yeah, so just an unbelievable performance considering Raheem Mostert was a fourth stringer and he has two touchdowns in this game. Debo Samuel was a rookie. Was he going to step up this season? He delivered. Um, Nick Bosa had a critical fourth and one stop on Marshawn Lynch. Defense, it wasn't pretty. Akilah Witherspoon got picked on and ultimately benched. I was tweeting throughout the game, Team Emmanuel Mosley. Now he came in and got picked on a little bit. He also made a nice deflection by the goal line. Um, and you know, di- and didn't give up the winning touchdown. If they keep Witherspoon in there and he gives up the game-winning touchdown, Kyle looks like a fool. I think it's automatic that Mosley's starting in the divisional round. Um, I was totally unplugged this week and didn't hear much. I just read that Kyle was really adamant in defending Akilah Witherspoon. You know, push came to so- shove. They had to put him on the bench. But Dre Greenlaw makes just a absolutely legendary play literally going to be remembered for stopping him at the one yard line like that um you know crazy just sequence in the second half i think we can kind of skip over the first half the second half starts um and you know seattle gets on the board 13-7 and then it's just a back and forth quick response from the 49ers right away huge deep pass to use check and then raheem mostert in the end zone um, then Marshawn Lynch gets going. It's just a, a back and forth affair. Ultimately, you know, the 49ers are up 26, 14 with five fifty three left. I saw Mayoko tweet dagger. And in my head, I was thinking the same thing. Like there's no way Russell Wilson's going to get two touchdowns at the end of this game. Um, 49ers get the football back. They're going to try to run out the clock. They have a, a second down play. It, it goes for like no gain. Ben Garland, the, the the center that's replacing Western Richburg, after the play has a block on a safety down the field where he literally couldn't hear, and it was like a millisecond after the play happened. It put the 49ers into a third and 17 situation. It was really an absurd penalty to call given the circumstances. Um, and maybe it looked malicious from a certain angle, but you know that penalty basically almost cost the 49ers the game. And there were some other questionable calls that went their way and yada, yada, yada. Seattle's not happy about the refs. Da, da, da. That one truly almost swung the game. Um, 49ers end up punting. A lot of people, my boy Mike in Brooklyn who was on, was like, oh, should they have gone for it on fourth and one there? Like really, uh, you know, taking it out of the defense's hands a little bit. Ultimately, they end up punting. You know, Russell Wilson takes them down the field. 
pass midfield. Uh, you know, they're going after Mosley, DK Metcalf. Oh no, Russell Wilson's going to do this again, isn't he? It's 26-21, clock ticking down. Um, let's start with like Tyler Lockett. He gets like down to the 12-yard line with, with a minute left. It's just like inevitable. The 49ers look like they're they're folding, they're collapsing at the very end. It's going to be a heartbreak city. They're going to go to Philadelphia next week. The whole tone of the whole season, you go 12-4 and four and off, it's like a bad season. It's just a bitter taste. And all the pressure is on the line. Um, it's fourth down and 10. Or it's four, yeah, it's fourth down and ten from the twelve yard line. The, you know, Russell Wilson's like sailing some balls over people's heads. He didn't look great that last drive. A couple of dinks and dunks. He does find, I believe it was Lockett, and they get down to the two yard line. So they convert the first down, but not the touchdown. They're on the two yard line. On first down, they have to spike the ball. On second down, they get a dumb delay of game penalty that pulls them back from the one and a half yard line to the six yard line. You know, second down. Incomplete, high pass from Russell Wilson. Third down, Fred Warner in coverage all over Hollister. Probably should have been a flag. Is not called. Fourth down, Dre Greenlaw stuffs Hollister on the one. Oh, man, baby. Trust the Shannon plan. Everything lines up at the very end. Um, yeah, All the stakes were at it. Marshawn Lynch, could they have gone to him on that second down play? Really just inexcusable by Pete Carroll and a lot of Seattle folks. I was like searching Seahawks and Twitter, seeing what they're saying. Inexcusable time management from Pete Carroll. He's done it before. It's kind of his weakness. And for them to get a delay a game in that situation where they were going to get in on a run from the one or two yard line. All of a sudden they're moved back. Russell Wilson doesn't even have enough room to operate really when he's scrambling right there, he can't roll back too far. Like being on the five yard line is actually like Russell Wilson's weak spot. I don't think that's actually where he feels most comfortable. The 49ers kind of got to prey on him right there and it ended up working out for them. Um, yeah, striking gold podcast recording in San Francisco. It's raining outside, but not raining on the 49ers. They're able to prevail. Um, you know, that's the gist of what happens. I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and how accurate he was. And George Kittle made some really big plays that pushed the 49ers. I believe, you know, most of his stuff, they converted field goals on. Debo Samuel is really being used as such a Swiss army knife. They're running, you know, two to three to four reverse plays to him. I bet he's going to get some draw plays in the playoffs. He's become way more of a hybrid player than expected. Kyle's really got the, the chess pieces moving. Kyle Juszczyk, you can count every other game. He's going to have a 30, 40, even 50-yard reception down the field. Kyle Shanahan's just been able to expose that all year. The offense really, you know, they sputtered against Atlanta. But other than that, think about New Orleans. Think about the comeback against the Rams. Think about they did really hang in there tight against Baltimore, who's the best team in the league, 14-2, and 49ers gave them a run for their money, unlike any other team. So really, the second half, big picture observations here, the 49ers became battle-tested. I said the playoffs began against Green Bay, and the 49ers prevailed. There was the Hunger Games, essentially, and at the end of the Hunger Games, the 49ers are 13-3 and and the one seed. And the NFC feels wide open. The Packers don't feel like an elite 
number two seed, the Saints, I'm actually more scared of. And looks like the 49ers won't have to play the Saints until the NFC Championship game. Automatically, they are not playing the Saints next round. That is the advantage of having the one seed. <laughs> um, and then if they didn't, and they were going to Philly, and then they were going to go to Green Bay, or excuse me, New Orleans, yeah, or Seattle, I don't know how that was going to work. The, the challenge was going to be too insurmountable for a young team to go on the road three straight times and then win the Super Bowl in Miami. Maybe there's a chance they could have done it, but I think the chances are, are much higher now that the 49ers are skipping the first round, are probably going to get Seattle again. So this is the tough thing. Round three against Seattle, it's going to be difficult to beat them again. However, like remember the first game? They didn't have Kittle. That really was the difference this time. It's an extra 76 yards. That's an extra couple big blocks in the run game that really worked out. And guess what? He's going to be healthy because there's no games coming from here in, until then. I'm glad the 49ers said they're going to celebrate this for the next 24 hours. They should probably celebrate for the next 48 hours. Really enjoy this. This is an incredible win. Big picture takeaway number two, like, hey, next season, Jimmy G could tear his ACL or something. Like, let's pray to God not, but enjoy this moment. Soak it up as a fan. If you're a player in the locker room and you're listening to this, you're a member of the 49ers organization. This doesn't happen all the time. I think number of 13-3 and seasons since 2009, the Patriots have four, the Saints have four, a couple teams have two, 12 teams have one, and then like half the league hasn't seen this in 10 to 12 years. Turnarounds like this don't happen in Washington, in Detroit, in Miami, in Cleveland, in Cincinnati. The 49ers have went to the bottom of the NFL and now back to the top in the regular season in a pretty short amount of time, proving that A, they have a genius head coach, B, they've made enough really good personnel decisions. George Kittle, Nick Bosa fell into their lap. Thank God they lost all those meaningless games last year when I was fighting with people on Twitter who said, oh, beating Seattle is so good for momentum and for next year. They almost missed out on Nick Bosa. They won a couple extra games and Nick Mullins looked good. And they missed out on Nick Bosa. The defense would have looked entirely different. So they have Kittle, they have Bosa. Richard Sherman has been one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Did Seattle even throw his way at all? Big picture observations, striking gold podcast. Love the nucleus of this team. I, I said it on a previous podcast before, and I tend to repeat myself sometimes, but it feels to me very similar to the Washington Nationals this season when I was watching them at the end of the year. Everything was going their way. They had random role players like Raheem Mostert, like Kurt Suzuki for the Nats stepping up in a big way that's totally unexpected, that builds on the momentum. Sports is half analytics and half, okay, the emotion of this player playing at this high of a level, Kyle pulling the strings like this, I have to focus even harder, I'm so bought in, this is fun. Um, I love analytics too. What the 49ers are doing, you can't really measure right now. There's a momentous effect that has happened in the building in Santa Clara. It's part everything. Kyle, Richard Sherman, as I said, Bosa, DeForest Buckner. What a treat and a gift that they had in their lap. This roster was torn down to the studs except for DeForest Buckner, and he's become better and better. He had a sack this week too. 
Eric Armstead's tweeting and celebrating. Love it. Jimmy Ward got banged up at the end of the game, but he's he had a damn good season. I thought he was going to be the downfall of the season. This team is going to be in the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> it's unfreaking believable the turnaround as someone who's coming covering the Browns and Redskins and has followed the NFL this closely. Um it it just doesn't feel fluky either. This isn't a oh my god, Jimmy G's having a sophomore slump next year. He's 24 and 4 as a starter. He learned everything in New England. And there's a reason Belichick is probably so pissed right now. If you flip Tom Brady and Jimmy G, what is the 49ers record right now? It would not be 13 and 3. And I'm guessing the Patriots are probably better. I'm willing to say it on the Striking Gold podcast right now. Headed into this postseason, give me Jimmy G over Tom Brady. Give me Jimmy G over Carson Wentz. Give me Jimmy G over Kirk Cousins. Give me Jimmy G over Ryan Tannehill. Give me Jimmy G over Deshaun Watson. He is in the upper echelon already of the quarterbacks. Not Drew Brees. Not Pat Mahomes. But I'm talking, he wins a playoff game. They win two and he's in the Super Bowl. There is no doubting him after that, really. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But every week, what was he, 18 of 22? Super accurate. The 49ers know how to be a quick strike offense. The most impressive touchdown was right after the Seahawks scored their first one in the third quarter. Bomb to use check. Big play to Debo. Raheem Mostert in the end zone. Two minutes, 21 seconds. They could do that against the Saints. They know how to do ground and pound. They know how to do a... They went 94 yards on their first touchdown drive. Like They can do kind of it all. That's what makes this offense dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to play Seattle a third time. I'd rather play Minnesota. So, I mean, you're obviously rooting for Minnesota here. I think that's the most realistic thing to happen. The Eagles are meh and they're so hurt. But I don't know. Seattle's actually not that good defensively. Trey Flowers got a little banged up. Clowney's not playing. Like You you didn't really feel him at all. Really, at all. Jerron Reed, the O-line kind of bounced back. I think Jimmy G got sacked once or twice on the first drive. I think twice, actually. And other than that, they were fine. Matt Breida got a little playing time. Kendrick Bourne really wasn't a factor in this game. But, um, yeah, who knows? Is Quan Alexander going to be ready? Is D Ford going to be ready? The defense could be getting a couple of reinforcements here. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is amazing. And if I had to predict the Super Bowl now, I remember I was laughing that this team's not going to go 13-3. and I said that when they were like 5-0, 6-0. I was like, come on, they're going to come back down to earth. They really didn't come back down to earth. This is truly the level of football they're capable of playing. I think right now, so so annoying, San Francisco, there's going to be horns going on in the background. I think it's people actually celebrating. There's some like drunk 49ers fans stumbling into my apartment complex right now. Go Niners. Um, Yeah, they're waving at me. All right. Yeah, so if I had to pick the Super Bowl right now, I am going to say 49ers and I am going to say Ravens. I'm, I'm confident that the 49ers will beat Seattle, Philly, or Minnesota. And then 
who knows who they'll play in the championship. It'll be the Packers or likely the, the Saints at home. I would not be scared of the Packers at home. Saints I would be very, very scared of, and that could be another repeat of a 48-45 shootout. Whoever has the ball last is going to win. We know the 49ers can win that way. They can win ugly. They can rely on their defense to win. They didn't make a mistake. There was no turnovers tonight. They didn't put the ball on the ground. They really seemed like really sharp. Like They kind of shook off. That New Orleans win was so emotionally draining. They lost to Atlanta. Then they kind of had the cobwebs against the Rams. And then this week, they look back. They look refreshed, rested. Defense played well in the first half. It was to be expected. Russell Wilson was going to make some things happen. Uh, By the way, beast mode, oof. Seattle, their tweets, they're down on their franchise right now. There was a passing of the torch, and it felt like that. All right, let's talk about Untuck It. And then we're going to come back from the break and go in even deeper. NFC West champions, San Francisco 49ers, BlueWirePods.com. Trust the Shanna plan. Click shop on BlueWirePods.com. Find Trust the Shanna plan shirt on our store. $10 off if you order in the next couple of days. All right. We're going to come right back after this. You know what looks terrible to me is dress shirts that are too long. They look like dresses. They're not dress shirts. That's why Blue Wire Podcasters, we use Untuck It shirts. We go to untuckit.com, promo code blue, and we, we find an assortment of 50 different types of shirts that are meant to be worn untucked. It's 2020. If you're working at Wall Street and have to wear a suit every day, I understand it. A lot of offices, yeah, I'm wearing an untucked shirt and jeans every day of the week now. You need more of these shirts in your rotation. You need to go to untuckit.com and check out the variety right now. I I like the Henleys. I bought a couple of Henleys for Christmas. So it's not the full button down. It's like, it's, it's you know, it's four buttons. It's a long sleeve. It's a long sleeve t-shirt that's a little more dressy and you can get them there. I got a black one, gray, white. They fit phenomenally. I recommend untuck it look good with a pair of pants nice brown shoes untuckit.com promo code blue you're helping out blue wire and you're also looking good so make sure you check them out thanks guys what a game what a season san francisco 49ers the decade is ending and right now the best team in the nfc resides in the bay area and in fact, the only football team in the Bay Area, the Raiders, are on the move. They're headed to Las Vegas. Any other crazy NFL things? We're going to go back to Niners real quick. But coming off the break, Freddie Kitchens fired. Just total disarray. I would go all in on Urban, to be honest. If I was the Browns or the Redskins, I would bring him in as VP or GM. And I would bring in Ryan Day and that Ohio State staff and Kevin O'Connell I'd bring some young coaches together. I'm, I'm ready to give Urban a shot at the NFL level. I think he could be a top 10. He can make like a top 10 franchise. I don't think that he would shit the bed. I think that he can build a good culture. I didn't like the fallout at Ohio State, but there's not that many great candidates available. I don't think Ron Rivera is going to change some program and 
turn him into a Super Bowl winner. He needed Cam Newton playing out of his mind in the best defense in the league. That was a crazy year. They went 15-1. and one. I mean, they were competitive with Cam for a long time. The Redskins could do a lot worse. But yeah, expect the Giants to fire Pat Shermer. Jason Garrett's going to be on the move. I think Anthony Lynn might be out too. They're going to start at a new stadium. They might hit the reset button. There's rumors Mike Tomlin could be traded because there's so many teams that want him. Dallas could be that team. Lincoln Riley could be on the move. I love coach changes in the NFL. One thing we know, the 49ers are not going to be changing coaches for a long, long time. The 2020s will be Kyle Shanahan's era. Could I say this? Could Bill Belichick be on his way out? What are they going to do at quarterback? Phillip Rivers all of a sudden could become a free agent. I hate to tell you this, guys. 2020 is going to be amazing for football. There's going to be a lot of movement, and then the player strike is coming in 2021. And I hope it's not too long. If I had to predict, I think the I think the Niners will lose to, in the Super Bowl to the Ravens and then go back again next year. And I don't know if they'll win next year, but or at least go to the NFC Championship game next year too. It's so hard to get to the mountaintop, guys. It's so hard. I can't predict them to beat the Ravens yet. However, I know that they could. If they played their best football, mistake-free, manage the clock well, get the lead, or even come from behind. Um, anyone else in the AFC, really, that's scary? It would be amazing if somehow the Ravens shit the bed, and if it, it was Chiefs or Patriots, I would feel much more comfortable playing those two. The Ravens went on a legendary like 12 Uh, 12-game win streak where they set every rushing record in Lamar Jackson. (laughs) Really, no player has ever looked like a video game before. No stats have ever been 10 completions for 300 yards and five touchdowns. Like, he was literally throwing 60-yard bombs. That one Monday nighter against the Rams was absurd. They could do that, too. I I would hate to get humiliated in the Super Bowl. You saw how it happened to the Rams this year, too. Ugh. Like if, if there's going to be one decent thing that happens if they don't make the Super Bowl, it's that the team that loses the Super Bowl genu- genuinely goes in a tailspin the following year. Um, I don't think the 49ers are set up that way. Again, they don't have a lot of draft picks. The core is pretty much here in place, as we've reviewed on the Striking Gold podcast. Shout out to Eric Crocker. Shout out to Rob Lauder. They're both incredible on Twitter. I love the segment they do. The, uh, you know, the, the midweek, we'll be getting that. Um, yeah, lots of good content coming out. Feels great, baby. <laughs> That's the quote. Feels great, baby. George Kittle wearing it on a t-shirt. Jimmy Garoppolo says it all the time. It feels great, baby. 13-3 division champs. Um, yeah, I mean, big picture. Right now, this team is beat up. You can kind of feel it on the D-line. Solomon Thomas is getting a ton of reps. Um, I think the 49ers linebackers were a little bit exposed in coverage, and that's where the Ravens kind of did it too. I think their tight end had two touchdowns. The Saints came out of their tight ends. The Seahawks were going to Hollister late you know, on the, on the goal line. So the 49ers are going to continue to get targeted by offenses and their tight ends. I really don't want to play Seattle next. I'd much rather play Minnesota or Philly. It's it's very challenging to beat them. 
Russell Wilson does not die. He's a, he's a zombie. You can like put fire on him, nails in his head. It's like one of these apocalypse movies where it's like, dude, this guy is not going away. What the fuck? Oh my God, are we going to die? <laughs> That's what it felt like. Oh man, the end of the game was nerve wracking as hell. Stuff on Bravo and, you know, what my girlfriend's watching. It's, oh man, that's not drama. The Bachelorette, that's not drama. Grey's Anatomy, even though it's scripted, not drama. What There was drama in Century League Field with history and peeling the monkey off their back. And I keep saying it, it felt like a passing of the torch. It was it was kind of funny that, that Beast Mode was there. And the fans cheered extra loud for him, but not their real team. It's like... This isn't the same Seahawks and their home record. NBC put up the graphic, I think, since like the middle of 2017. Their home record is now 11 and 10. They're no longer invincible at home. Russell Wilson has a cape. There's only so much he can do. DK Metcalf is a great draft pick. They definitely got that one right. Their O-line continues to be kind of trash. Um, They're going to be good. And around next season, too, the NFC West is going to continue to be one of the best divisions I don't know who else you could name coach of the year. It's not Andy Reid. I guess you could say John Harbaugh. Lamar Jackson's getting MVP. To me, that's it's Lamar Jackson MVP. It's Kyle Shanahan coach of the year. I guess you give Lamar offensive player of the year too. You could give it to Michael Thomas for the reception record. At the end of the day, awards don't matter. It is the playoffs and... Right now, to me, the 49ers are one of the two best teams in the tournament. Are they going to go out and execute? We will have to see. Kyle really did it, though. To be honest, if Kyle never became head coach of this football team, I may not be doing this podcast. Blue Wire may not exist. I truly continue to podcast through the bullshit of 2017. And God bless C.J. Beathard and his brother, there were some tough football games the last two years. Nick Mullins was okay, and, you know, it it was really, really bad. It was low points and frustrating losses and snaps over their heads and getting burnt in coverage all the time and no turnovers. And truly, like, pathetic losses where the 49ers got pushed around a lot or were close and just, like, it was like the Charlie Brown Lucy, the, the peanuts and the football just getting pulled away like, hey, hey. like Nelson from the Simpsons going, hey, hey. and then the 49ers all of a sudden like went from like awkward teenager to like stud high schooler who all the girls are like, oh my God, it's the 49ers. And it feels that way. Kittle, I love how much every broadcast focuses on him now. They show so many replays of him. It's amazing. It's impossible to tackle him. He tries to tackle defenders now. Kyle had some quote like, it's getting to his head. He doesn't think people can tackle him. (laughs) And it's happening. Um, Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons from him. Without him, I'm saying the Niners are 10-6 and or or, potentially 8-8. He, he really swings the pendulum that much on offense. Without Jimmy Garoppolo, they're obviously, you know, 4-12. and 12. He's, we're going to hand out, you know, team individual awards. You should probably do it after the playoffs, but the regular season ones, team MVP is Jimmy G. Defensive player of the year. I'm still going to go Bosa. You probably could say Fred Warner runner up there. But I think Bosa, 
gave this defense confidence like starting weeks three, four, five. That Pittsburgh game was a really big game to start 3-0 and and not play well and then get to the bye week. That was a huge little surge of momentum. Um, I went to the Monday night game, the, the Browns game, where they absolutely annihilated him. It sucks that Matt Breida's fallen off. Like, I love Raheem Mostert, and I'm all for the hot hand. But it feels like Breida can still really help this team, and he's not getting the opportunities because of the fumble. And Kyle's pretty strong about that doghouse, and you got to give him props there. It's... I'm sure it's hard not to play Matt Breida because they have such a close relationship. He's had so many great moments on the field for this team. Think of that Jacksonville game back in 2017. He's been probably their most consistent playmaker over the last three seasons, and now he's not involved in the offense. It's kind of crazy to think. Um, Lakin Tomlinson allowed a sack early and then kind of rebounded. I think that they'll look for an upgrade at guard. Uh, Mike Person like missed the game too. They're they're banged up. The Cantavia Street thing sucked. We, we didn't talk about that. He he's gone now. DJ Jones is out. So they're missing some pieces. Quan Alexander is out. Um yeah, we talked about Witherspoon at the top. I think everyone knows the game plan against the 49ers. It's don't throw Richard Sherman's way. It's go after Emmanuel Mosley next next time. That is going to be the strategy. It's going to be tight ends, and the defense is going to have to adjust. I believe in the offense. I'm not worried about them at all. Kyle will have them revved up. Jimmy G has learned and proved himself as a legit franchise quarterback. And again, I'm not going to list them off, but I would take him over pretty much everyone other than Breeze and Mahomes and Rodgers right now in the playoffs. I think he's a top four to five quarterback in the tournament out of 12 teams. Woo, baby. Ric Flair. Woo. I hope you're walking into work or not even have work tomorrow. Hopefully you're off. I'm going to Cabo next week. I'm going to go to Mexico and enjoy this. And I was like nervous. I was like, damn, I'm going to be unplugged all week. And then there's going to be a big playoff game. But guess what? There's a bye week coming. The 49ers deserve it. Shout out to Untuck It, untuckit.com, promo code BLUE, 20% off. Order a shirt there, man. It truly helps us. They're coming back for a nice little buy with us in Q1. Um, I, I think they have great clothes, and I'm wearing them and I'm looking stylish. And so help us out. All right, cool. That was Striking Gold. Recapping, 49ers are division champs. They're 13-3. and three. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. This turnaround doesn't happen in other organizations. We should also give credit to Jed York for picking Kyle, for developing the trust that Kyle was like, you know what? I'll come here. I believe in him. He's going to stay out of the way. He has. It's been so fun to watch. Sundays are now fun. Let's sustain the success. As the shirt said, the West is not enough. Um, Dre Greenlaw, 49ers legend. The stop two. Shout out to Dan Buns, too, for that big play he made the Super Bowl back in 1982, the stop one. All right, that's the Striking Gold Podcast. We will talk to you again middle of the week. Um, Holy shit, what a fucking season. This is amazing. Let's keep the engagement on Twitter going. Let's keep the conversation going. BlueWirePods.com. Shout out to the network. All right, peace. Talk to you later. Peace.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.